thanks for downloading this podcast from Burghead Free Church in Murray, Scotland. We exist to know Jesus and make Jesus known. Our vision is to grow to be a vibrant all-age church of 100 disciples. Find out more at burgheadfreechurch.org. The reading is Psalm 16. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sue and Paul. And um, if you have a a Bible, then have that open with you. Um, If you don't, especially if you're at home and you're just watching this for the first time, don't worry. Um, Everything you need will come on uh, the screen. We, that is our family, um, were up on a high ropes course a few years ago. One of our kids um, was particularly scared. We managed to coax her through to the last part of the course. And the last bit of it was a long beam, maybe about 20 foot in length. And, and there was nothing to hold on to. You just had to walk and balance across this beam. Now, our daughter stood at one end looking at this beam and then looking down at the ground a long way below. And she froze. There was no way she was going across. You could see uh, the fear and the insecurity written all over her face. And we tried everything. We tried to coax her across, didn't work. We tried to talk her across, didn't work. We tried to encourage her, maybe even a gentle shove, none of it worked. She wasn't budging. Morag and I, on the other hand, we, we, we breezed across. It was no problem. Now, it wasn't because we were braver. I don't really like heights either. It's not because we were bigger or stronger. Our daughter was perfectly physically capable of getting across. We breezed across and she froze because we had understood something that she hadn't. 
we adults understood that we were wearing harnesses. In fact, I was so completely trussed up in this harness, I wasn't sure I was ever going to get out of it. We knew that the harnesses could be trusted to, to keep us safe from falling and, and from death, I suppose. Well, we're looking briefly just now at Psalm 16. This is one of the things we always do as we get together. We, we read from the Bible uh, and then we explore what it means for us today. You might know that the Psalms are, are a bit like the songbook of the Bible. They're a collection of songs and poetry and they're full of deep insights about God. I tell you the, the high rope story because that helps us to get inside this psalm, Psalm 16, which is all about how we can have hope and security even in the face of death. But having said that, our first point today is this, knowing our frailty in the face of death. Just have a look at how the psalm begins. Verse 1 Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. Now, the author is David, King David. How does he feel? Well, you can tell he feels insecure. He knows he needs help. Now, there are all kinds of things in life that make you feel afraid or insecure, and many of us have been facing them in the last year through COVID and the lockdowns, Isolation, physical health problems, mental health problems, unemployment, financial constraints, and all the rest of it. There's plenty to make you feel afraid and insecure. But of course, there's one reality which, even more than any of that, makes us feel insecure. This is the thing that has been in the headlines all through this last year it is death. On the day I prepared this, there had been an estimated 124 million cases of COVID around the world. And I say estimated because the real figure is almost certainly higher than that. Many cases are not recorded. Some people don't know or aren't tested. They were getting on for 3 million COVID deaths. This may have changed by now. Again, the real figure may be higher. The UK has seen about 4.5 million COVID cases and we are heading on towards 130,000 deaths. Now, of course, that means a small percentage of people who have COVID actually die from it. The vast majority survive. And, of course, now that the vaccine is being rolled out, that, that will really help. There was a study just a couple of weeks ago that, that showed the, the Oxford-AstraZeneca jab was 100% effective at preventing serious illness and death, which is amazing, isn't it? The vaccine will save many lives. Actually, that's not quite true. If you think the vaccine will save your life, that's not quite the right way of putting it. The vaccine will stop you getting COVID, most likely. Very likely, it will stop you getting seriously ill with COVID. It will almost certainly stop you dying of COVID, but it won't save your life. Because ultimately, if it isn't the COVID that gets you, it will be the cancer or the stroke, or the heart disease, or dementia, or old age, or a passing bus. Yeah. Most people who died this year in the UK did not die from COVID, but they still died. 
we average well over half a million deaths every year in the UK. The reality is, COVID or not, your life and mine, they're extremely fragile. The truth is they could be gone, they could be over at any moment. We've got no idea what lies around the corner. It might be a passing bus or anything else. The only things we do know that are definitely around the corner are death and taxes. And your taxes will vary depending on your wealth, but death isn't like that. It comes to you, whoever you are, rich or poor. David, who wrote this, was a wealthy king, but he was just as vulnerable. So there are many things David, the author of this psalm, might have felt insecure about. There are many things that you and I might feel insecure about, but David has the wisdom to know that the greatest of these is death, because nobody escapes from that which is why he mentions the subject a number of times in the psalm now this year we've seen some extraordinary the word is very overused isn't it but some unprecedented things on television but it seems to me that one of the most striking things we've seen on the tv is that every day now for a whole year a daily death toll has been plastered across the 10 o'clock news, often as the main headline. The message we should take from that is not just that COVID might kill us. Actually, for most of us, that's pretty unlikely. The message that should ring out loud and clear is that death is real and it's coming for us all. And yet, it is Easter Sunday, so there's a yet, there's a but, The author of this psalm, King David, who despite his royal status was was just a man like us, he seems to have found an answer to death. He seems somehow to have confidence and security even in the face of death. And that is an extraordinary thing. And if what he has found is true, then it is utterly life-changing. And we all need to know it. So here's our second point, final point. Finding security in the face of death. I wonder if you heard the sort of things that David said in the psalm as we, we read it earlier. He said, my lot is secure. That's verse five. He said, I will have a delightful inheritance. That's verse six. And of course, an inheritance is something that you, you get after death. He said, I will not be shaken. That's verse 8. And we could easily be shaken by the reality of death, but he seems not to be. And then it gets a bit more clear and explicit when you get to verse 10. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. And then there's verse 11. He's looking forward not to death, but instead beyond death to eternal pleasures at God's right hand. So to sum it up, even though David's a king, he's just a a mere mortal like the rest of us, 
He has the same vulnerability to death that we all do. And yet he's able to feel secure about death, verse 5, not shaken by it, verse 8. In fact, he knows, verse 10, God will not abandon him to death. But instead, he looks forward to a delightful inheritance beyond death, verse 6, and eternal pleasures at God's right hand, verse 11. And if that's true, can you see that there is nothing more important Nothing more important in life than knowing security beyond death. And so you will know that the key question is, well, okay, how? How does David and how can you have this kind of hope in the face of death? The clue that gives it away is verse 10. Have a look more closely once again. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one See decay. It's interesting, isn't it? The key question is, who is this faithful one whose body won't see decay? He, he kind of seems important in, in all of this. Well, think it through. It, it, it can't be David who's the author of the psalm because, well, not to put too fine a point on it, he lived about 3,000 years ago. He is very much dead and buried now. I'm afraid to say his body will have seen a fair bit of decay at this stage. And that is true as we've seen for all of us. We all face decay and death. And by the way, the the Bible says that the reason for that is sin. We live in a world that is in rebellion against God. We've all done it. We've all turned from him. And the great problem with being cut off from God, from being apart from him, is that God is the source of life. And so to be cut off from him means that the world is a place of decay and death. But who is this faithful one, to go back to the verse, who's different, who won't see decay and death? It's not David, it's certainly not you, and it's definitely not me. The amazing thing about this psalm is is this. David wrote these words about a thousand years before the time of Jesus. And yet this verse clearly points forward to him. He is God's faithful one. Which just means that that David, unlike us, lived a, a perfect life of obedience to God, his father. In fact, we don't have time to do all of the detail, but the first eight verses of Psalm 16, it kind of describes someone who lives like that, who always trusts God, verse 1, who delights in God more than anything else, verse 2, who loves God's people, verse 3, who never worships false gods, verse 4, who's completely satisfied in God, verse 5, and so on. Now, in some ways, those verses describe David, or at least that's the kind of life he wanted to live. But he didn't do it perfectly, and neither do we. Only Jesus did. And only Jesus can say, verse 10, that his body did not see decay. It didn't stay dead. He didn't remain decaying and rotting in the grave. Even though we're in the Old Testament today, this is Easter Sunday. This is the day when Christians around the world celebrate the fact 
that after he died, Jesus rose. We don't just mean he rose as a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling in our hearts, a sort of ethereal vision. No, no, he actually really bodily rose and defeated death. Now listen, if you are watching or if you're here for the first time, I understand that you might think that that sounds a bit unlikely. You might find that quite hard to believe. But let me say, I think there is very, very good evidence to believe that that's true. And just to give you a break from my voice for a second, here is one Bible expert based here in Scotland to explain why that's the case. I actually admire our critics and the skeptics in the media for having figured out that if you want to cut Christianity off at the knees... Easter and the story of Jesus' death and resurrection is the place to go. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then our faith is useless. We are to be pitied above all people. So why do Christians believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Do we just believe it because we believe it because we believe it? Because it's a nice story? Because we've been smoking something pleasant? There are a number of facts around the death and the resurrection of Jesus that are very hard to explain. In fact, impossible, I would suggest, to explain, taken together unless the stories of Easter are true. What are they? Fact number one, that Jesus was killed by crucifixion. As one skeptical scholar put it, the crucifixion of Jesus by the Romans sometime around about 30 AD is probably one of the best attested facts of ancient history. Why? Well, because no Christian or Jew would make up the story of the crucifixion of Jesus. Christians, and the first Christians were all Jewish, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, and the Messiah was supposed to overthrow and defeat the Romans, not get killed by them. In fact, you can see on the pages of the New Testament the first Christians struggling uh, with the embarrassment, particularly in the Jewish world, of the uh, story and the scandal of the cross. Secondly, on the uh, Sunday morning, Jesus' tomb was found empty by a group of his women followers. The testimony of women uh, was considered to be almost worthless uh, in the ancient world, uh, back in those non-progressive times. And so if you were the first Christians making up the story of Easter Sunday, you would not have the women there as the uh, discoverers of the tomb. You would have good, reliable, male, first-century Jewish witnesses, people like Paul or James or John. The fact that the women are there, why are they there? Well, the only reason that historians can come up with is because that was what happened. It's also interesting to notice that preserved on the pages of the Gospels, and in fact in Jewish literature, we have the attacks of uh, the enemies of the early church, particularly the Jewish authorities who wanted to repudiate uh, the first Christians, and they don't deny the empty tomb. They simply claim that disciples stole the body. See what's interesting? Both the uh, early Christians and their opponents agreed on one thing. The tomb was empty. The only disagreement was about why. Thirdly, we're on very strong ground with our next piece of evidence that the uh, first Christians had encounters with what they believed to be the resurrected Jesus, risen from the grave. Those resurrection stories are all over the pages of the New Testament. And again, historians take it as a given that something dramatic happened. In fact, the Jewish historian Pinkas Lapide once remarked, he said, we have to ask the question as historians, what transformed the first Christians from a terrified bunch of men and women in fear of their lives to the most self confident missionary force in world history. What transformed those disciples? And we have to remember, of course, that almost many of, many of the first Christians gave their lives and died uh, for uh, proclaiming the truth of the resurrection. And as another historian remarked, liars make bad martyrs. 
And then fourthly and finally, we have the transformation of skeptics. Uh, recorded there in history, we have the lives of several people who went from being skeptics and doubters about Jesus to actually being believers and converts based on the resurrection. Perhaps the most famous is the Apostle Paul who went from being a persecutor of the early Christians, murdering the first Christians, to then after the resurrected Jesus appears to him on the Damascus Road, his life turns around, he becomes this incredible preacher and missionary and advocate of the Christian faith and ends up giving his life for what he believes. Those are the four facts. Now, what are you going to do? Put your fingers in your ears, cover your eyes, sing la 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 and ignore them, or fall at Jesus' feet and say, you are Lord and you are God and my life is yours. The one thing we all have to do is choose. The one thing you cannot do is sit on the fence. This Easter, I challenge you if you haven't already done so, think carefully and choose wisely. The point here in Psalm 16 is that it is possible because of Jesus to have life beyond death and therefore hope now in the face of death. Death is a reality in all of our lives We've lost someone dear that we love in our own church family just this last week. But to put the hope simply and briefly, Jesus has gone through death and out of the other side. And if he has done that, he can do the same for you. He can take you through death and safely out of the other side. That's what this psalm is saying. It's also what some of the, the most influential uh, sermons, the, the first sermons ever preached by the Christian church, they, they make that same point. For example, listen to this from Acts chapter 2. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David, who wrote this psalm, died and was buried. His tomb is still here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that, that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are witnesses of it. And so there's just one question that remains today. Who gets to benefit from all of this? Who gets to benefit from Jesus' death and resurrection? Now, we've already seen that because of sin, our sin, all of us are, are facing death. The psalm also makes it clear, for example, look in verse 4, that there are plenty of people who turn away from God and this faithful one, Jesus, and, and run after other gods, other priorities. It, it's clear that they won't benefit from Jesus' victory. They remain on the road to death and judgment. So the question remains, well, who does? Who does get the benefits? Who gets to enjoy the eternal life that Jesus can bring? And the answer is right back in verse 1. Right back at the start of the psalm, what did David say? Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. The answer is those who take refuge in God. Those who trust in Jesus, who will believe that Jesus died for them and was raised for them to, to pay for their sin, to win victory over death. 
We need to believe in Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. We need to receive him as our Saviour and Lord and the King of our lives. That is a free offer that is held out today to everyone and anyone, no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. So today we do say Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Which is just a Hebrew word that means praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank him. Worship him. In a year when we have seen death all around us, we should know even more than ever before that there's great joy in knowing Jesus who can bring you eternal life and pleasure and treasure forever at God's right hand. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, as we reflect on a year when death has been brought close to home, Father, we see again how precious the death and resurrection of Jesus is. Lord, how we thank you that he's gone to the cross for us to pay for sin and has been raised to life for us to win victory over sin and decay and death. Lord, we thank you now that that he is delaying his return, waiting patiently for men and women, boys and girls, from every place, of every age, of every stage, of every background, to fall down before him. Lord, we see our own weakness in the face of death. We see our own weakness in the face of our own sin. And so today, again, we cry out to Jesus. We thank you for him and all he's done. We pray that each one here today and watching today would come to know Jesus themselves, the only saviour from sin, the only victor over death. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Please feel free to share this podcast. And if you'd like to be up to date with each week's talk, why not search Burkhead Free Church on your favourite podcast app and hit the subscribe button. For more information, go to birkheadfreechurch.org.